nurses, teachers and railway workers all launching industrial action, not satisfied with the state government's pay rise offer. The rail union threatening to escalate its protected industrial action into next week. Also jumping onto the Industrial Express at Liverpool and Bankstown hospitals, a 24-hour stop work, 12 hours at Westmead, Blacktown, Campbelltown and Royal Prince Alfred. But the biggest strike this week will be Thursday. Catholic and public school teachers all walking off the job at the same time. That hasn't happened since 1996. With rail workers, nurses and teachers all exercising industrial action this week, these activities all come off the back of the PSA's own industrial action less than a month ago, along with notable disputes that have already occurred against the New South Wales government. A question that has to be asked is, how are we in this position? How is it that so many public sector workers feel mistreated and unfairly dealt with by the New South Wales government that they are prepared to hold industrial action on a routine basis? To find out more, we talk to our own General Secretary, Stuart Little. And a note, at the time of recording this podcast, it appears on social media that the New South Wales Government and the RTBU have reached an agreement that may have consequences on planned industrial action. We've got a week of industrial action. We've got nurses yesterday. Teachers are on strike as well, uh, both independent and public education teachers. Uh, Stuart Little, you're the head of a union. Why are these other public sector unions having trouble with the government? What is the government like as a negotiating party that leads to such unrest? I think um, what you've seen is a government that really uh, lacks a fundamental understanding of workplace relations and industrial relations, um, and they don't understand that the best way um, to get productivity and get a a workforce uh, on side and working cooperatively and working efficiently and and, and building a harmonious workplace is by getting around the table, um, you know, respecting, recognising, you know, their, their representatives, that, that is the trade unions, who have obviously represented the interests of public sector workers um, for well over 100 years, in the case of our union, uh, 120 years. So, I mean, you know, why is it that the government feels that it can't do that? And, and not, not always, not the entire government, because we've had good relationships with various ministers who've worked in a really progressive way and they've worked in a really pragmatic way. But what you're seeing now is the culmination of 10 years of a wages system that operated under low inflation and operated in circumstances where there was you know, fairly low levels of industrial action. But, but what's happened by degrees is that people have seen bit by bit their wages go down. And all of a sudden you've had this huge shock, you've had the pandemic, uh, you've had the floods and then you've had the war in Ukraine that's led to a huge spike in the cost of living and inflation. You've got food going up, you've got petrol and in particular electricity and energy um, soaring in circumstances where we've got one of the coldest winters um, in, in many, many years. So. Um, people are now paying um, three and four times what they normally pay for those bare essential commodities. And yet the government turns around and says, well, you know, we're going to reward those people, but you, you can have a 3%, what's well, a 2.56% pay rise. It, you know, when we know that the inflation run is running at 52 but probably closer to 7%. Um, there are so many ways this government could have taken but, but I'll come back to the single, the single biggest problem. They have removed the independence of the Industrial Relations Commission. You know, for a hundred years that commission was independent and at arm's length from the government. 
they had the ability to determine fair and reasonable wages and conditions. The government has removed that by placing a cap, by limiting the power of that commission to deal with these disputes. So they can't resolve the dispute with the nurses. They can't resolve the dispute with the teachers. You know, it's beyond their power. Mm. And yet the government is seeking to hide behind, um, you know, workplace laws that, that they themselves created. And basically, this is a huge mess of their own making. Mm. And, and workplace laws that you rightfully point out were created at a time of comparatively low inflation to what we're dealing with now. And there's an incompatibility with inflation, cost of living and this legislative cap that's in place at the moment. That, that's exactly right. And can I say, the the legislation which they've put forward, or the regulation, I should say, it, it, it works this way. It says, well, we'll give you a 3% pay rise this year. We'll give you a 3.5 next year, but the 0.5, you've got to show productivity, whatever that means. Mm. But the year after that, it's back to 2.5, right? So again, straight away, they're already showing that they want to control. They want more of the same, more of the same, low wages, um, you know, they're going to control, um, you know, the court. They're not going to give that court the ability to determine independent and at arm's length from government what workers should be receiving. And, and that's the basis of their problem. Now, just during, it's, it's been noted that, you know, the 10 years that this government has had in office, there has been relative stability and, you know, the economic factors play a role in that with the low inflation and, the, and, a, and a reasonable grasp on the cost of living. It's obviously all changing now. The fact that the government, as you point out, are playing a mishmash with offering uh, in one-off financial cash payment incentives here, there, everywhere to different sectors, does that display um, a sort of lack of judgment or even experience in negotiating with public sector unions? It's all of those things. It's a lack of judgment and it's a lack of understanding. And quite frankly, it's a lack of respect for those frontline workers um, in so many areas. And not, not just for our members, I, I'd include people like the police, uh, I'd include, you know, so many other, you know, teachers, um, you know, various frontline roles that, that, that are just not being recognised for the government, for the role that those people played during the pandemic. So many of our members, now to start with, you know, our members at the Ministry of Health were excluded. You know, now they're included. You know, they, they came down with a decision, oh, only permanent health workers get this. Then they've backflipped and now, it's, now part-timers get it. Um, casuals get it. Temporary people get it. So, you know, they're, they're playing catch-up because it's all about the government handing down uh, winners and losers. They're trying to obviously appeal to, to polling or something that they've done. It's, it's, it's a budget based on politics. It's political spin budget. It's not based on fairness and equity for frontline workers. You absolutely must, you know, reinstate the independent umpire, um, you know, trying to find unions into submission, which is what the government are now talking about. Um, you know, history will show if that does not work because we are not going to be silenced or cowed um, no matter what the fines are. We're going to stand up and fight back for our membership. Um, that's what unions do and that's what the history of, of this union shows that, you know, we're not going to allow conservative governments to gag us. Um, we're going to stand up and, and say it as it is. They may not like that. But, you know, clearly the government, they don't have a plan to deal with um, the cost of living and inflation, and yet they don't want to restore the independence of the Industrial Relations Commission. You can't have it both ways. Call the PSA CPSU New South Wales today 
on 1300 772 679 or head to psa.asn.au.